Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and download. Everybody, welcome to Narrative Live. It's a Friday night special edition. Ukraine Gate, or whatever you want to call it, the impeachment inquiry, all those things, is not just about Donald Trump and Biden. It's not just about getting dirt uh, in exchange for, uh, for arms. It's much bigger than that. It represents the very pivot point that the entire world, the balance of power of the entire world sits. You know, if Ukraine starts tilting towards Russia, it's game over for the United States and for the West. They've really got to fight back. So it's, it's, a, it's not just a front line. It's one of the most important tipping points in the world. And that is what these two great superpowers are battling over. Putin is involved in every step of this crisis as Zelensky is made the president of, of Ukraine. It is crisis time. And there's a bigger reason than just politics and strategy for these guys because they only care I don't know if you saw this thing in the in the New York Times uh, maybe a week or so ago. There was an article about how Russia's foreign policy is all about money. It's all about profit. It's all about diamonds, It's about gas, about oil. That's what they care about. They don't have any values. They don't care about anything else. Their value is things are value. Uh, So they care about, you know, in Madagascar's case, they cared about the diamonds and other parts of of Africa. They're they're doing the same kind of shenanigans because of oil, Uh, certainly similarly in the Middle East. But in, in, the, in America's case and in Ukraine's case, it's all about gas. It's all about liquid natural gas. In fact, it's the biggest thing they've got, you know. And uh, why it's become a big thing is, is when the Soviet Union fell, um, they were still able to use a lot of their gas resources, which they provided to the, to the Ukrainians, as a sort of a leverage. Remember there was that one winter where they cut off all the gas supplies to people in Ukraine? It was a leverage. It was a warning to them. It was saying, hey, you guys, you follow what we do or you're not going to get gas. And it sort of it made everyone freak out a little bit because, well, we don't have our own natural supply. The Obama administration back then immediately began the sort of energy independence idea for, for Ukraine and also the United States, actually. And they've done a very good job of it. In fact, the last few years, a bunch of contracts have come up for tender. A few of them have been awarded just in May. In fact... It's right after this chaos, right after this crisis about what do we do? What do we do about the fact that Zelensky is is now the president of Ukraine? Well, why are they so concerned? They're concerned because there are billions of dollars in natural gas contracts that they were bidding for. Both Russia and people tied to the administration are all bidding for these natural gas contracts in Ukraine. And they're doing it. And these contracts are coming up in June. And they want them still. And they're not quite sure what's going to happen with Zelensky's guys because he might not have the same, you know, uh, leaning as Poroshenko's guys, which they'd already gotten to. So June 1st, we see the first set of contracts, the first uh, contract going to an American company. I'll tell you who that was in just a second. So that's, that goes according to plan. People are reasonably happy about that. Then June the 4th, it's, it's cold shoulder time from the United States to, um, to Ukraine. Nobody was really talking to these guys. But on June 4th, there's Jared Kushner and Zelensky showing up at a dinner uh, hosted by Sondland in Brussels. And then on the 11th, they fire 
the uh, the prosecutor. So you've got, a, you know, between June 1st and June 11th, a lot again changes. The prosecutor was the guy that Giuliani and company were hoping was going to attack Biden. So you can tell how things are going from scary to unknown to bad to really bad in terms of relationships between Ukraine, Ukraine and the United States. And particularly this, uh, this firing of the prosecutor made everyone in the White House freak out. And finally, Ambassador, in that July 25th phone call, the president praises one of these corrupt former Ukrainian prosecutors and says they were treated very unfairly. They were treated unfairly. Not you, who was smeared and recalled, but one of them. What message does that send to your colleagues in the U.S. Embassy in Kiev? I'm just not sure what the basis for that kind of a statement would be. Certainly not from our reporting over years. July 25th shows up, and that is now the notorious, uh, you know, do us a favor though phone call, which we all now accept is, 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 is just the way things uh, happened. It was a bribe, it was extortion, call it what you will. But we've all thought that that was it. There was arms for, for dirt. That's, that's where it ended. I'm going to suggest to you that considering what we now know about liquid natural gas, that there was a lot else riding on that July 25th phone call. In fact, the next day, July 26th, you know, another one of those tenders came up. It was awarded to the American bidders, but it was very noticeable that all the people who had supported the previous bid that was won by the Americans back on May 1st, it was really noticeable how there was no visible support from the Americans at all. Things had gone really quiet after the July 25th phone call. I want you to listen to what Sondland had to say about what happened on that day on July 26th, the same day this contract was announced, is the same day that he met with Zelensky. You know, people think that phone call at the restaurant had not, didn't have very much to do with what had just happened previously. Well. He had met with Zelensky. There's a photograph. You see it right there in the middle. It's, it's, it was not just one of these things that happened. It was a significant uh, series of events. We're looking at you know, 24 hours where you had a phone call with Trump, a meeting between Sondland and Zelensky, and then uh, um, Sondland calling uh, Trump up at Kiev's you know, lovely eatery sitting on the balcony. It must have been nice. You confirmed to President Trump that you were in Ukraine at the time and that President Zelensky, quote, loves your ass, unquote. Do you recall saying that? Yeah, it sounds like something I would say. <laughs> That's how President Trump and I communicate, a lot of four-letter words. In this case, three-letter. <laughs> Holmes then said that he heard President Trump ask, quote, is he, meaning Zelensky, going to do the investigation? To which you replied, He's going to do it. And then you added that President Zelensky will do anything that you, meaning President Trump, ask him to. Do you recall that? I probably said something to that effect because I remember the meeting, uh, the president or President Zelensky was very um, uh, solicitous is not a good word. He was just very willing to work with the United States and was being very amicable. There we go on June 1st. A bid is awarded to an American bidder. A big tender is awarded on the first. There is a dinner between Kushner and Zelensky in Brussels. 
it's kept secret. We never get to really hear about it. Sondland tries to even hide it in his testimony, which I never understood why. But there was some sort of dialogue that went on between Kushner and Zelensky. They don't look very happy in that picture. Come June 11th, the prosecutor who is by all accounts corrupt is fired. And uh, this is the prosecutor of Ukraine. So now you've got um, the guy who was going to help them out on the Biden stuff. He's, he's no longer there. July 25th, we get that phone call, that significant phone call that we all now recognize as the phone call of extortion, the shakedown phone call, the call where it was, uh, can you do us a favor? Next day, Sondland is meeting with Zelensky. Zelensky apparently is amenable. He has lunch with Holmes, the guy from the embassy. Uh, at that lunch, he gives up, calls the, calls the president of the United States. Sondland waiting for the president, and only he holds it further away. Holmes can hear it. And it's uh, Zelensky uh, loves your ass, is the way he puts it, meaning he'll do anything for you. And on that same day, on that very, very same day, uh, a huge billion-dollar contract it is awarded to a company called Trident. It's an American-Romanian bid for a billion dollars. Unbelievably huge. Um, biggest investment ever in Ukrainian history is awarded to an American company. Only it isn't, because for some reason, they withdrew that. The Ukrainians in September, on the 15th or somewhere around there in September, pulled that back. They said there was something wrong with that bid process. They said it wasn't consultative enough. They should have checked with other people. There's a few variations of things that they were like, uh, we have to go back and redo this thing. Now, the polite thing, the, you know, if you believe everything that people tell you, you'd believe the fact that maybe the, the process took a little too long, um, too quick, and, and you know, it should, have, it should have been more thought out and other people should have been involved. I'm a little skeptical about this whole idea because it's a huge deal. A billion dollars for Ukraine, a billion dollars for an American company. For this to suddenly be yanked out from um, the Americans, why would they do something like that unless things were really going badly with the Americans? And guess what? Things were going pretty badly with the Americans. The CEO of the company, Ilya Ponomarev, is, is sort of excited that he's won this bid, but he doesn't really know because... He doesn't get any outreach from the people whom he consulted with before. Um, for a billion dollar contract like this involves a lot of people. You know, there's people at the embassy that are constantly involved. There are people in the Department of Energy who'd be involved. It's a big deal. It creates jobs in both countries. Uh, and so you can imagine how important it was for the people of the American embassy that was stationed in Ukraine. Maria Ivanovich is, is sitting there in the middle of that one picture, but also uh, on the left there with uh, Rick Perry. You can also see Rick Perry upstairs there with Zelensky. And then a whole group of other people involved in developing commerce between Ukraine and the United States. There was so much involved in, um, in the amount of bids that were happening at the same time that I couldn't even fit them into a chart. This chart looks incredibly confusing, but I'll walk you through it step by step. So on the very left there is the, is the a deal that was awarded on the 1st, June 1st, Rick Perry, Michael Blazer, and um, Alex Cranberg. These, he, um, Blazer has been a big, big supporter of Rick Perry's political career, such that it is, um, for a very long time. So he's, he's not only benefiting because he's American, he's benefiting because Rick Perry likes him, um, which, you know, sometimes is the way politics is. So that's over that way, on the very far end of the picture that way, right? Uh, in the middle of the picture is Rudy Giuliani and his two buddies, Parnash and, and, and Furman, and Fruman, and that these guys also have a bit of the liquid natural gas sector at their disposal. They are uh, trying to get the pipeline. There's a pipeline being built 
to help U um, American oil come through Ukraine to, um, sorry, through Warsaw, through Poland, into Ukraine, and they've got a piece of that. The same guy, Rudy Giuliani, has a piece of the action involving that. And then there's Ilya's company, Ilya Ponomarev. Uh, his company's called Trident, an American company, awarded a billion-dollar deal, uh, or at least contract, on the 26th, the day after uh, this giant uh, phone call that we now are so aware of. And then that's called into question in September. They pull it back, they're redoing it. The two people who could benefit, <laughs> this is incredible, the two people who could benefit from this new competition for the same oil fields in the dolphin or gas fields in the dolphin shelf that Ilya Ponomarov originally had, the same people who could benefit from that in the new competition because they might win that competition are two people very close to Putin. Um, and in fact, Donald Trump, uh, one of Trump's partners in, in Trump Tower Moscow was Pavel Fuchs. If you've been following our, um, my podcast, you would know that he was in fact a huge friend of the Donald Trump family. It goes back decades, uh, was the first licensee of the Trump Tower Moscow in, in New York, and in, in Moscow, sorry, friends with Donald Trump Jr., visited uh, many times. It, it's a very, very close relationship. He's also the guy who hired Rudy Giuliani to do that uh, cybersecurity work in Kharkiv. And this is getting, it gets super confusing. There's this other guy who's a really well-known billionaire, Ihor Kolomoskoy. I think I'm saying it incorrectly, but you can read it there. But, you know, what this guy's super, super wealthy. Um, he seems to be a friend of Zelensky's because he's a benefactor of some sorts, because he owned the TV network when Zelensky was still an actor. Um, and he's now moved back from exile to Ukraine. So if Mr. Uh, Podomarov loses his bid for Trident because they've now gone back to competition. It's Pavel Fuchs, the friend of Donald Trump and, and Putin, and uh, Kolomoskoy, I'm sure I'm ruining that name, who would benefit from that. Now, it's uncertain what's going to happen in that bid, but you can imagine, I can imagine, that there's a lot of shady things going on. Well, I think this is big, big, big news. I really do. I don't think people have, have understood that there could be more in the quid pro quo than, than we realize. And in fact, why wouldn't there be more to the quid pro quo? This is one of the most important natural resources that in the world, and also a natural resource that is of, of increasing importance to not only uh, Ukraine, but you know, a lot of natural gas flows through Ukraine from Russia to, to Europe. Europe really needs Russian natural gas. That's why they're building that other pipeline across the top. It's a huge thing that Ukraine suddenly becomes naturally gas independent. It could really hurt Russia in the long run. So you can imagine how important it is for Vladimir Putin to make sure that those natural gas resources stay in his hands, right? He wants them to stay there. I called around and I also spoke to Mr. Ponomarov. I asked him the question, did, um, did you get support uh, from the likes of Rick Perry? from Pompeo, from the other people who had traditionally been helping you with this particular bid? We were surprised because, uh, you know, our win was uh, very much aligned with uh, uh, American uh, this energy independence policies. It was the PSA that Perry personally has lobbied for. He many times repeated how he believes uh, uh, Northwestern uh, Black Sea is like the next Mexican Gulf. You know, so he was saying a lot of these things, uh, and, uh, you know, it was absolutely natural for him at least to publicly comment what, what, what did happen. Uh, you know, it's not lobby for ourselves, 
we never asked, you know, specifically tell that Trident is good or something like that. We we never ask anybody to do this, but we we ask them to support uh, the results of the competition and say, okay, great. So uh, the competition took place, and we 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 are satisfied that American company has won it, and uh, and United States would give all the support uh, to ensure uh, prompt uh, development of that project, etc., etc. So something like that. And, uh, but but it didn't happen. There. So they've got the American CEO, and he's not American, he's actually of Russian and Ukrainian origin, but he's the, the CEO of a company that is about to invest a billion dollars into Ukraine. On the day after the call between Trump and Zelensky, uh, was expecting support from the American administration for his billion dollar deal and got nothing. Nothing from Rick Perry, nothing from everybody else, nothing from the uh, administration which had previously supported him. I can't underline how unusual that is any more than I can underline how unusual it was for Secretary Pompeo to go and have a face-to-face -face with Putin at his home. Nice sleepover, let's come over, no problem. Those two things are so unusual in addition to that phone call between Sondland and Trump taking place at a Kiev restaurant. You're looking at those three completely unnatural, unnormal, crazy things. These should not happen. It should never happen in a normal administration. And yet here we were seeing it happen in, in, in Ukraine. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know who's getting money or if anybody's getting money or where the deal is. But it sure seems to me that Trump and Putin had a plan regarding Poroshenko. Maybe they bribed him. Maybe he got some money. Who knows? But they had a plan going forward on how they're going to move from uh, with that administration and get the natural gas that they both wanted their hands on because at the end of the day, greed is what drives these people. Greed is what you got to look at. you got to look at what money they're making out of it. This is what they wanted out of it. And when Zelensky was elected and he turns out to be a great reformer and a wonderful guy and people love him, it freaks them out. They go into crisis mode. They change everything. They have the shuttle diplomacy going on between two countries that aren't really speaking to each other. And, uh, and, and it's clear when you look at it from you know, in hindsight, that what you saw was a, was a move to, to rearrange, uh, reaccommodate uh, this new reality that had happened in Ukraine. And that also might have meant rearranging their thinking around how they were going to get through these natural gas supplies. Uh, you know, if I'm uh, thinking about strategy and I'm thinking about how this, who's going to come up with the upper hand here, it helps Zelensky, of course. It helps him to suddenly have this chaos because he can go into talks on the 28th and say, uh, I called your, buff, called your bluff. I saw you guys working together. You guys were working together, which they were. But that, to me, is the other significant thing that needs to be addressed by the, by the impeachment inquiry. And, and, you know, folks in the Senate, you guys have to wake up. Republicans in the Senate have to wake up. Uh, there was a deal done, not between these Giuliani running around and all these other people. The deal was done between Putin and Trump to, to give up Ukraine for... I don't know, maybe a few billion dollars in gas or whatever it is that they get. That was the deal. And I think, at least, I'm not going to be proven right, but there is a deal there between the person who we elected as our president, as our representative, talking to our adversary, our biggest enemy in the world, and they're making a deal for personal profit. And so when you look at the quid pro quo, Yes, it's about Biden. That's a side little factor, the Biden thing. Um, and yes, it's about the arms, but that's also a side factor. Really what we're doing is we're trading away 
the strategic pivot that we have, that we are in control of right now, Ukraine, and we're letting Russia have it so Donald Trump gets some money. And I don't care who you are in the Republican Senate caucus, you are lying to yourself and you're deluding yourself and it is worse than you think. If you think you can get away with letting President Trump not be impeached. There is no doubt in my mind that he will be impeached. I've been saying it forever. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that the Senate will convict. Um, I know there are people out there saying it's not gonna happen. Those people are wrong. Those people are wrong. It, it, there is no chance in the world that we can allow this president to stay in power. And everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. And what we're now looking at is much bigger than just the impeachment inquiry, which was terrible on its face. Arms for dirt on Biden, rigging the next election. They're giving away the global peace. They're giving away security. They're giving away what American soldiers have been fighting for in their thousands and dying for in their thousands. Uh, since, you know, at least the last hundred years. It is inexcusable, and I can't wait. I'm still looking around for someone in the democratic field to actually say this stuff. It's, it, it's obvious. We need people to stand up and say these things. It's not that people are anti-Trump, per se. They're anti the incredible treasonous acts that he's done and the weakening of our, um, our position in the world. That is what is going on. And people in America know this. They know this in their hearts and they know it in the soul. And that's why you're seeing the election results we're seeing everywhere. There's no way he's going to be able to allow this man, this incredibly, uh, he's like a pirate, really. There's no other way to describe Putin. You know, he's sort of he's going around the world doing whatever he can just to rape and pillage. That's what he does. There's no goodness in his heart. There's no goodness in his soul. There's no value in everything else that they're doing. They're just pirates. And they need to be stopped because we can't have this go on. Uh, always, you know, because uh, you can tell this takes a lot of time and my, <laughs> my hair's turned gray and my uh, voice is going and I'm super tired because I've been up a little bit trying to figure all these connecting dots are. Uh, you know, if you have some time or you care to, uh, it's much more enjoyable for me and for you if you go to patreon.com forward slash narrative and uh, become a member and donate. Remember what you learned here tonight. You learned that Putin was calling the shots in Ukraine gate, that Putin was in charge of what was going on. He was coordinating. A whole lot of shuttle diplomacy was going on. Remember that the election of Zelensky caught everyone by surprise. It made everyone go into battle station mode. They did not know what to do. And when you look at the movements, you can tell they were frantically trying to refigure uh, out what to do. And the third takeaway tonight, which is just a must takeaway, is that natural gas is the resource that they're basically after. These guys are after profits and they see profits in natural gas in Ukraine. And that is why they have done what they've done. They don't care about you, me or uh, anybody else. They care about their own pockets and this is how they do it. So uh, that's the show for tonight. Thank you very much for watching. I, I was planning to do another show on Pavel Fuchs and I might still get a chance to do it this weekend. It's, it's just a mind blowing uh, what you can learn about uh, what these pirates are doing but that might have to wait a few days. Thanks for watching. Have yourself a great Friday night. Um, I, 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 I'm gonna sleep, but, uh, <laughs> but enjoy yours. Thank you for watching. I'm Zev Shalev, you've been watching Narrative. Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download